devil in the detail. <laughs> <laughs>Watch this week's Devil Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, hi, Rob. Yeah, it's been okay. Been a bit busy as usual, but um, been good. Been good. Good. Some good news coming out of Salford this week. So excited to talk about it on the show, mate. Yeah. Also, joining up Paul Parkin, ready to put his views on the Salford Red Devils situation at the moment. Paul, looking forward to this. Yeah, very much so. It's been a while since I've had the pleasure of chatting to you both. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the big news of the week, uh, Paul, uh, is uh, my baby arrived. Arla uh, arrived uh, last Thursday, uh, St. Mary's. Um, hospital were fantastic. Um, wife and baby are doing fine, and I'm doing all right as well. Yeah, good good news that, Rob. It was good to hear that. Uh, congratulations to you and Kate and, uh, and Rory as well. And uh, glad that you're doing well, mate. Yeah, you got out. What's the secret, Paul? You've got two kids. How do you how do you, you manage sort of life and sleeping and stuff like that? I've got a good wife. <laughs> right. I've got a good wife who's, who does the business, mate. She's uh, very very good. Um, no, it's, 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 I think you just you just grow to get on with it, don't you? And um, you know, I think having two. I mean, I've got two little girls, and they're both really good, very well behaved, and that. And, I think they take after the parents, really. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Um, like I said, my missus is good, and uh, yeah, we're quite a close family, us. So uh, yeah, it's good. I'm sure you'll be the same, mate. Yeah, I'm um, suffering a bit with sleep, but taking this opportunity uh, to do a bit of lucid dreaming. Do you know, have you heard about lucid dreaming, Parker? Yeah, yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 So basically, what it is, people at home who haven't heard it, it's basically you can control your dreams. And I thought, because obviously I'll be having sort of broken sleep for the next, what, nine months, I might have a dabble and see if I can see if I can do it. And you know what, Parker, I managed to do, managed to do one. Uh, go on. Well, so what happened was, know. just sat on the couch to talking to the, to the missus, we're watching a film with Keanu Reeves in, right? I was on one couch and she was on the other, just chilling, right? I started watching the, the TV, right? And then I sort of saw a bit of movement on the... Uh, on the on the sort of my left hand side where my, my door is. It's in my living room. So I turned round right, and my wife stood at the door. And I was like thought thought you were what how were you there? So I turned sort of face her on the other couch and she was stood like a yard away from me. And I literally mm. sort of jumped in the jumped out of my skin, sort of about sort of three foot in the air, leapt sort of forward off the couch, sort of tried to scramble out of the living room. My glasses hit the front door. <laughs> And uh, then I kept shouting, "Oh, what's so what's what's happening? What's happening?" And I'd, I fell asleep, and but I didn't didn't realise they had, and I thought it was all like real. It really freaked me out. Uh, yeah, I think uh, you have a few cans and just drop off, mate. Yeah, you don't want, you don't dreams like that. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was one of them. So uh, I'm kind of learn, sort of learning that I might, I might have done it too well at that time, but I'm hoping. Uh, I'll get more sleep in the next uh, next few months, so I won't have to be doing any of that, uh, Paul. Either that or, or Kate is just literally everywhere anyway. <laughs> she probably is, probably right. Now, so uh, yeah, so loads to talk about. Uh, that's uh, that's what that's going on in my life at the moment. Um, but there's loads and loads to talk about on the in the world of uh, Soul for Red Devils, um, Paul uh, Richard Marshall, Soul for Red Devils' new head coach. Uh, you know, very promising. Yeah, certainly is. I, I remember like a few weeks ago we were talking about the contenders and that, and when Richard's name popped up, I think 
for me, he was he was one I thought is a good is a good idea. I mean, I remember having a chat with him a few years ago when we played Halifax in the the Middle Eight. I think it was twenty eighteen. It was a really good game that, and we I thought Halifax played pretty well that day, and he, he seemed a really nice fella, really level headed, and very similar to to what we had at the time. And Ian Watson, you know, similar sort of age, similar sort of character, quite laid back, but a real thinker of the sport and. I think that's what we're getting with, with Richard. I think, you know, he's a guy that can carry on the good work that's been done at Salford. He knows the, the situation in this country. He's coached a, a lot of games at Halifax. But not only that, I think his time at St. Helens is going to benefit us massively. He's been there for two seasons. I know he wasn't the head coach there. He was the number two. But he'll have picked up an awful lot of good habits there at St. Helens and an awful lot of good sort of tacticians and, I suppose, training regimes and lifestyle regimes for the players. So that sort of apprenticeship that he's doing, I think it's going to bode him well for his time at Salford. Yeah, I read that article uh, from Aaron Bower, um, 13rugby.com, very good, um, about sort of Salford's quest to find the new coach, Parky. And uh, he, he said that Salford didn't look abroad um, for a coach and, and they were the they were willing to sort of back the the process of of backing the uh, a British British man to be in charge, and and it, it's a good thing I think that that that's the the case. Yeah, very much. So. I think I'd spoke with uh, certain other you know friends about the subject since Watson went. You know what was going to happen, and there, there were a lot of names thrown about. And and the one thing I said at the time is we we won't get an overseas coach. Um, certainly not at the moment with the COVID and everything else, you know, getting visas. By the time they get here, it'll be after Christmas. You know, we've got to, this process has got to happen and happen quickly. Uh, the good thing is about uh, Richard is that obviously he knows Super League, he knows English Rugby League, he knows the championship. He'll know players, uh, he'll know his way around the system. You know, it's not a case of him having to settle in for two or three weeks. He'll get in, he'll meet the players, and then he'll know what he'll need to do. Um, if you'd have brought somebody in from abroad, it, you know, it took, the process would have took a lot longer. And by the time pre-season training's in full swing, he's got his backroom staff, that kind of thing, all, all lined up. It's, it, it'd be a big, big ask for, for anyone to come from abroad. And I think Salford made a very wise move. And uh, well, like Paul said, out of the, the candidates that were sort of rumoured to be linked for the job, I, I think it's, I think it's a, a really good move. I think if we didn't get him, somebody was going to take him. Um, he, like you say, his time at St. Helens, what he'll have learned off, off Holbrook uh, last season is, would, would be fantastic. And again, this year under Wolf, they've played a little bit different style Saints. I think they look a bit more uh, a bit more structured than they normally do. We, we know how Saints play, and it's magnificent to watch when they're on farm. But I think he can bring that. Uh, but his knowledge of how it is to, you know, to be at the bottom with, with Halifax, and I don't mean that derogatory. I mean in the sense that they didn't have anything. You know, and he had what he worked, what he had was what he had to work with, and he got a really, you know, he got a really good team there, Halifax. He had a really good run under Marshall, and I think, um, like you say, a lot, a lot like Watto. I think, uh, he, you know, he's got a lot to prove, so he want to put his own stamp on things. But I, I think he's a really good choice. Yeah, there was a press conference to to welcome Richard Marshall to the club. Uh, I managed to ask him a couple of questions uh, about his uh, his thoughts about Salford, um, and this is what he had to say. <laughs> Coach's Corner. Hi, Richard. Okay. Hi, Congratulations. Um, the combination of your experiences with Halifax and also St. Helens over the last couple of years, it feels like that combination is probably 
pretty much perfect for the position that Salford are in at the minute. Is, is that something you'd agree with, that there's the development, but also the, the top-level experience you've had? Yeah, it's a fair assessment. I think uh, the career path that I've chosen and I've had is, is really, uh, I think it's a, a really good one in terms of uh, working at a <coughs> initially as, a, as an assistant at Warrington then going doing being a head coach and then coming back to an assistant role you sort of get a holistic view of of what coaching and what an elite environment is about um, and also the management you know when you're a head coach even of a championship club there's a lot to go on there you know contract negotiations players and staffing recruitment everything that goes with it I've got a bit more support here uh, I've had a really good uh, couple of days with, with Ian Blees and, and the rest of the staff and Paul King and and I'm looking forward to working and, and getting my grips with, with the squad and, and, and improving them. And talk about um, the, the support you'll have in place there. One of them we would imagine would be Paul Rowley. Will he be staying in place? Are you looking forward to working with him? I know Paul. I've known Paul for a number of years. Um, you know, and, he, and he's worked here and uh, in and around the club as a, as a consultant. Um, you know, he's not, he's not a, a, an, an assistant or, or I don't think he, well, he's not got aspirations to be a head coach. He comes in on a, on a consultancy basis. So, yeah, I'll be looking at speaking to Paul over the next few days. Um, you mentioned earlier in your career when you were assistant at, at Warrington, you, you worked with Tony Smith and, and Ian Watson early in his coaching career worked quite closely with Tony Smith. I know, obviously, you've, you've diverged your past and you'll have your own ideas since, but do you think there's sort of a bit of a, a core of your coaching philosophy that, that because you've both helped to apply to, the, to that squad if, you, like you say, most of the squad stays in place? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, Obviously, every coach has his own way of doing things, his own philosophy, what his beliefs and values are. I'm no different to that. Uh, but you do get shaped by the people and the environments that you're in. Uh, and the experiences that you've that you've had, and Ian's very very similar path to myself, um, but he's he's been very very successful as a Super League head coach. Which, for being honest, that's why what why I want to emulate. And when you left Halifax, you spoke at your pride of some of the development developing players for the first team, developing players that have gone on to uh, play internationally. Is that something that you'd obviously look to repeat here because? He's sort of been a bit of a customary of Salford over the last couple of years. He's, he's bringing these players on from levels that perhaps people didn't think they would reach. Yeah, uh, youth development and developing your own players is is is, is uh, works on every level. Uh, if you get a player who's from the local community and he comes through all of the system, um, you know you, you're 10, 15, 20 percent on top of what you what you'd normally get from a player. Uh, I've seen that, you know, there was a template that we used at, uh, at Halifax, which, you know, we were one of the only teams in the lower leagues with a reserve grade and we produced um, dozens of players for the competition and, and for Halifax. And uh, that's something I'd be looking to do here. Uh, it takes a lot of work. You need some support from the supporters trust and everybody who's involved in that. And I know Salford supporters trust are really good and, and very supportive. So I'll be looking to utilise all them local links, the colleges and, and our pathways and, and enhance them as well. Great. Thanks, Richard. Best of luck. Thank you. Cheers. Hi, Richard. It's Rob. Hello. Hello. Uh, congratulations on getting the big job. Um, obviously, you're, you spent time at St. Helens Halifax. What did you learn from them two jobs and what sort of take, what can you take into this job from them jobs? 
Uh, I le- you know, you learn how to, uh, well, I learned how to coach because I was a coach, I was an assistant coach, and I did a lot of the on-field work uh, with the players. Um, I did a lot of the work on the defence. Um, when my first job with, uh, my first role with St. Helens, I-, I took over from Sean Long, so I looked after the attack, and that was quite daunting when you, when you take over from one of the best attacking halfbacks. Uh, and I remember Justin Albrook suggested that you'll feel like you're under-coaching this team. So, take all them experiences in, 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 into this role. Um, uh, you know, the, the attacking philosophy of, of St. Helens, obviously the hard work I think that, 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 that we introduced at Halifax. Uh, and obviously the professionalism. Uh, I think that's the important one, having a, having a real professionals and a, uh, within your group and... and, and we can look at the detail as well. The bigger picture, I think, is important as well, especially for this club. Uh, what would you describe as your strengths? Strengths, likable. You can ask Matt Shaw about that. Um, I disagree. I, I tend to, uh, I tend to get the best out of players, um, and I know that's what uh, Ian did. And one of his strengths, I think, I'm very similar in that mould. Um, I think, I think we can, we can, we can toughen up as a group. Uh, when I've looked at it, I think we can be tougher as a, as a, as a group. So I'll be looking looking to do that. Uh, plus, I enjoy working in rugby league. I think it's brilliant, you know. And if we're celebrating, uh, the, you know, there's not a lot of things to celebrate at the moment. But but what the what rugby league gave us this year, the players were fantastic. Not just for Saints, not just for Wigan in the grand final, but um, you know. So I'm, I'm really passionate about the sport as well. Is the challenge keeping Salford at the level they're at now, appearing in grand finals and, and Challenge Cup finals? You know, yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, it is. And being consistent with that. Um, but as, as I mentioned earlier, we, you know, let's have a look at the squad. I want to get myself in and around the group and the players and, 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 really, uh, and really get under the skins of these, of the, of these uh, athletes um, and learn from them as well. We've got some experienced players here who you never stop learning. I'm looking forward to working with them all. Cheers, Richard. Thanks. So that was me and Richard talking about his arrival at Salford, uh, Paul. And he was very positive, I thought, about, about the club. Uh, he was talking about sort of the youth development side and, and how he was looking forward to, to hoping that Salford will, will build on what they've done so far with, with the with the colleges and, and expand into an academy and it's it sounds like that that really you know warm your heart that the club is going in the right direction yeah so I think as well Richard Marshall is going to be excited by the opportunity that he's got at Salford I mean there's only 12 12 coaching jobs in the in the sort of premier division if you like the Super League in this country and the, the, those jobs are highly sought after and I'd love to see I mean, you know, we're not going to find out who actually applied for the Salford job, but I bet they, I bet they were big numbers. I bet an awful lot of people applied for that job. So he'll be excited about the opportunity he's got now. And he's not coming into a, a, a team that um, there's, there's, there's nothing there. He's got the good ground in there. There's a decent side there. And uh, he'll, he'll be knowing that. And he'll think, be thinking if he can put his stamp on it and perhaps bring a few people in. You know, there's a few people we've been linked with, a couple of players we've signed. So he'll be thinking he can, he can really do something with that squad. I mean, you've only got to look at the back end of the season. Finished really well and, you know, winning three out of the last four games. I mean, one of them was uh, that game against Warrington, which was null and void. So, we had a really good ending to the season there. So, I mean, look at the way Christian New is playing, getting into that dream team. So, he'll, he'll know he's got he's got the tools to work with there. And if he can just add a bit of his own stamp to it, I think we can do really, really well in 2021. So, I'm really excited to see what Richard brings. He, like you said, I think... Um, 
he's a he's a good calming influence. He's not a coach that looked at that's going to come in and shout and ball. He's going to he looks quite a methodical guy to me, and uh, and a guy that's going to get the best out of the squad. So really, really excited to see what he does. Yeah, I think he's enjoyed a great sort of uh, coaching pathway, uh, Parker, uh, going from community coaching to a sort of England Academy, uh, assistant at Warrington and St. Helens, uh, then going to Halifax as, as the head coach. It gives him that kind of all-round view uh, of, of what it's about. Uh, coaching and that coming into the the, the Salford uh, Red Devils is only going to sort of benefit him and the club. Yeah, like I say, I think I think he's great. I think his background actually suits. Now I think he's he's progressed and he, he's not just come from you know stop playing rugby league and then instantly thrown at a job. You see it a lot in, in football these days. You know, big name players all of a sudden a head coach is somewhere. No, there's no evidence that they can they can do the job. There's no you know there's no background that he can develop players or. You know, we, I, I, I remember seeing it in, in the past with coaches at Salford Broads. In um, I think the likes of probably someone like Gary Jack when he when he came and started coaching at Salford, he was player coach, and he'd been the greatest player in his position at that time. And I think he expected most other players to be at that level and not knowing how to to make them progress. And I think that's different. I think Richard's got that background behind him, like you say. I think from from seeing youth players develop because he, he had that he had a role with the uh, the RFL for a while, didn't he? Uh, with the youth set up there, he's, you know he's seen players. He knows how to work with younger lads, and and now being, I'm being at St. Helens. I mean, he's telling the likes of James Rover. You know, he's got to get the best out of people like that. I mean, how do you improve on who somebody like James Roby is? You know, how do you communicate with somebody who's that who's been that good, the pinnacle of the game for so long? And he's obviously had the respect to that player, so he's obviously got the all round, you know, the all round coverage. And it, it's interesting you say about the youth because it. He's got, that's going to be a big battle for any coach coming into Salford. Uh, obviously, we, we don't have an academy, so producing young players is such a difficult thing. I know the foundation do, have done really well with you know certain things, but it's nice to see that, you know, from what I've read, he, he's so committed to, to that side of things. And I know Ian Blees has mentioned in the past that the development, again, of, of the youth structure and, and then you know even a ladies' team and, and disabled rugby and the you know, whole thing of, of, of Salford. I think Richard Marshall's background will help us develop that, uh, and he he does seem really keen on, on on developing youth players. And going forward, again, that's that's one of the best things you can do because you can't just keep going out finding the gems that we have done over the last year, and we certainly don't have money to go and buy players. So to develop your own is you know he's it, going to be key for us, and he, he looks like he, he might be the right man for that. Yeah, similar mould, I think, to Ian uh, Watson, uh, Paul. Uh, if if you look at the sort of the two careers for me, uh, Marshall's kind of leveled up on on Watto because obviously he was an assistant uh, coach at Warrington uh, when Ian Watson was at Swinton. Um, he was at Halifax as, as the head coach when Ian Watson was sort of a assistant coach at Salford, and yeah, Ian Watson went on that sort of um, climb, we'll call it, uh, to, to to where he where he left us. Uh, but for me, Richard Marshall has started. At a higher level where Watson would have, has started. So for me, if he carries on in that sort of sort of process, um, he's going to go higher. The club's going to go higher, and it's all going to be good. Yeah, well, it'll be judged on results, Rob. Like anybody else, we can we can we can talk and say things like that, can't we? And, and the club's going to do this, that, and the other. Ultimately, it'll be judged on on what Richard brings to the table and how we go on over the next couple of seasons, won't it? So, you know, we we can't sort of talk down what Ian Watson did. Did a good job for us and, and, and took us a long way there. So, Richard's got big shoes to fill there, and there's expectations at Salford now, isn't there, for us to, to go on and do well next season? But, you know, 
I remember him as a player when he played for uh, for what I think he played at Warrington, and I remember him playing at Swindon and a few other clubs, Halifax as well. He was there towards the end of his career, and um, like we've we've said, the job he did at Halifax, I thought he was really good. And I remember listening to quite a few interviews when he was there, and I take a keen interest in the Championship and that, and did seem a, a really good guy and a, and a guy that's obsessed with the sport, a bit like Ian Watson is. So if we've got another coach like that that's going to work as hard as what Wattle did. Um, and, and, and you know, studying those videos and being a real sort of um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, rugby league geek. You know, like, like what I was. You know, studying it and and getting us mentally prepared and ready for teams. I, th- I think Richard Marshall's going to do a good job, but I'm I'm really confident in him. I think he, he's going to be a really good uh, asset to our club, and I'm glad. I, I think we've made the right choice. I mean, there was other people that was that was touted about. And I was sort of cringing when I heard some of the names, but I thought I think Richard Marshall's a really good option. I don't think he's one that the club have took lightly. I think they've uh, they've really gone through these applications, haven't they? And uh, you know, not not took this uh, as a as a you know what's the word I'm looking for? I'm losing my words a bit. <laughs> I think it's a serious sort of a serious thing, isn't it? And they've uh, I think they've got the right man. Yeah, talking about his uh, time at Halifax, uh, Parker finishing the top three four years in the row. Uh, had a 53% win ratio and it was obviously talk about him sort of getting involved and sort of mixing in with all the hard work that you know happens behind the scenes and, and that's the kind of thing that happens at, at Salford uh, you know everyone sort of mucks in and, and there's no kind of hierarchy everyone wants to wants to be successful and everyone mucks in to, to make that happen Yeah I mean I've read stories about uh, what what, you, what basically what they went through at Halifax and that's what I meant before when I said you know he was at the bottom and he didn't have a bit like us here, we've got such a small staff. Uh, he had less at Halifax to work with and yet still produced a team. But when you look at that championship and how competitive it is and them teams fighting, you know, we, we, we've played against them, you know, in, in the playoffs in the last few years. Well, certainly not in the last couple, but, you know, previously. Um, and teams like, you know, Lee and obviously Bradford are in there now. And when London came up and teams like that, that there's, there's a lot of strength down there to get a team which... Didn't have a lot, you know. Didn't have a big staff. They didn't have a lot of players. They had no real, you know, stars in their team. So finish third. He's, some effort with everything else that's going on, and and hard work is going to be one thing that he's going to, you know, any coach that comes to Salford is going to have to get get used to. And I know our previous coach, uh, he he was there, you know, early in the morning, probably the last one to leave. He, like you say, like Paul says, he was a, he was a rugby league geek. Um, I think you have to be because there's nobody going to do that work for you at Salford. I think at bigger clubs, you know, they'll, they'll have staff who'll do this and take that off the manager and take that. He's got he's got to do most of the, the stuff himself there, and that that grounding at Halifax will have will have helped him. And uh, and one one thing I did I did want to say. I mean, I read a few comments when he when he got the job, and it was a bit oh, typical Salford going for you know whatever. One question I'd ask of anyone is when you look around the Super League. Uh, who, who's got a super coach? Who's got a coach that's, you know, been state of origin or who's, you know, done really well in the NRL? There aren't many in, in Super League now. It's just, it just doesn't happen anymore. The, the, the structure of Rugby League and the, the finance and everything else that goes with it. And this is where the next breed of top coaches is coming from. You know, we, we gave Ian Watson a chance. And look where, you know, I mean, he repaid us, no, no doubt about that. Grand final, the cup final, he's... He, you know, more than any of us would have uh, imagined at that time, especially when he took over and we had, you know, we were broke. And he, he worked hard and he, he, he got us to that level. And now other clubs showing an interest in him, a bit like players, you know, you, you develop them. Um, and 
I think that's the way that we believe is going to go. And so, so to them people who are like, oh, we should have gone for this name, that name. This guy, Richie Marshall, could be one of those names in four or five years' time anyway. And it could be us that's got him at the helm. Um, so I, I think anyone who was sort of griping or grumbling about, hey, just spent the last two years at the best the best team in, in Super League by, by quite a distance. And uh, I think that'll do for me. Yeah, he said he, he, he come across for me as a, as a motivator, uh, Paul. Like you said, he's for me he's a student of the game, and he and he, and he loves rugby league, and um, he he sees Salford as a challenge to to keep us where we are now, which is going getting to Challenge Cup finals, getting to to you know playoff finals, and keeping us in in that top sort of sort of four or five in the Super League, and that's the motivation behind his move, and and Salford have giving him that opportunity to, to, to do that. And it's exciting uh, for me because obviously, you know, we, we talk about Ian Watson and since he's moved to, to Huddersfield, he came out and basically said, I didn't, it, for me, what he said, I read into it was, I I thought I took Salford far enough. I couldn't take them anymore and I needed fresh a fresh challenge. That's what I read into what his comments were. Um, but Richard Marshall coming in, full of enthusiasm, thinking he can take this team sort of to the next level, um, it's only going to be good for us. Yeah, you're right, you're spot on. And, and only time will tell if if Ian Watson made the right decision. I mean, I won't wish bad luck on Ian Watson at Huddersfield. It, it is what it is now. I'm I'm not really bothered. I'm a Salford supporter. I'm not interested in what Huddersfield do next year so he can go and do what he wants. But, you know, he, he could be brilliant there and he, he, and he could he, he might fail. So no nobody knows, do they? But in two years' time, People in rugby league could be talking about Richard Marshall, you know, saying, "Oh, Richard's going to be going for the Warrington job." Because things can change, you know, very quickly in rugby league. You think about when Watto came to Salford; he came as an assistant to Estin Harris, and you know, his, his stock in coaching wasn't massive. He'd been at Swinton, but he only takes that sort of couple of seasons, and you know, he did some really good stuff. And then two or three years later, you know, you're one of the biggest sort of talked about coaches in the country now. You know, he certainly was over the last couple of months. You know, holds after him. You know, certain clubs are after him, and, and you, your name's getting banded about. So, Richard Marshall coming to Salford, he'll be thinking the same thing. If I can do the business here, you know, my name will, will be up there, and it's a big opportunity for him. Like I said before, he's not coming into a team that's, you know, I don't know about the finances at Salford. I've no idea, but he's not coming to a team where they've hardly got any players and we're really struggling and we're going to be the rubbing rags next season. You know, really, if you look at our squad, we should be up there and. In that, in that top half again so he, he must be excited with the, the caliber of player we've got there at the club and especially if we can sign some players like I said before you know the likes of I don't want to mention people who have been linked with because we don't really do rumours do we but if, if some of our signings can come off you know our back line and the forward pack next season should be really good and, and Richard Marsh has got some tools there to, to get us into that top four and, and be challenging again for, for to, to get to finals and that so uh, so I'm really positive about this appointment. I think it's it's, it's it's a really good one. He's not a yesterday's man. He's not someone who's been up there and done it all before and doesn't have anything to prove. He's got it all to prove and it'll be ambitious and that's the kind of guy you want. Yeah, ambition. There was a quote, actually, he said. He said he he, he wants to inspire, he wants basically the mantra to be, inspire each other every day and get better. And that, and that's what I think, Parker, this club is all about. It's about <coughs> being motivating yourself to be the best, the best player you can be, which then takes the club forward, and and that's what the secret I thought behind Ian Watson's success wasn't the fact he was a great coach or a great tactician. He managed to get into people's heads and make them perform at a higher level consistently. 
Yeah, I think I think the thing with uh, Watson was he, he seemed to have a bond with with the players, didn't he? You didn't hear too much of what what has been a, a, an epidemic at Salford for years of players falling out with coaches or with each other or whatever. And if it, it, obviously it happens. Things happen in training every day. That, that you know, it's just part of life. But he seemed to just knit them together and have this siege mentality. And you know, I, I like to say he got he got the best out of out of. Every player, really. I mean, I, I don't know how many signings he made during his time there that we all thought was a massive failure. You know, if he signed ten players, one might not have worked. In you know, in every ten, and that's you know, that, that's credit to him. He obviously saw something in him and developed and worked and made them the best version of themselves. And I think that's as humans, I think that's what we all really want to do. But and that's that's what uh, Richard's got to do now. He's he's got to pick up these players and say, you know. This is how where he got you to. I can develop you further. I know I can make you a better player. Uh, and obviously, he's not. I don't even know if he's met the team yet. I don't know, you know, if he knows what he's got to work with, who he's got to work, with, who's coming in, who's not. You know, who's going, whatever. But um, yeah, you see it a lot. I mean, another football analogy, really. I suppose with, with Jurgen Klopp, the the, the bond he seems to have with Liverpool players is is different to a lot of managers. You know, and this defence he has of them, and this this hugging of players at the end of the game, and so on. He's clearly a very good manager, but he he, he makes them feel better about mm. themselves and, and gets the best out of them. And I think that's I think that's what Watson did with a lot of our players, who you know people judge them as not being good enough for for Super League players, as we found out by was it Phil Clark two years ago who said you know we basically were a load of load of nobodies, load of misfits. Um, and he you know he bonded them, but he, he made them you know better versions of themselves, and, and that's that's all you can do really as any manager. Um, obviously, you've got to have some tactical now to know how to beat a team because everybody's different. But uh, I, I think I think that's something that, that Richard certainly sounded like he, he had uh, when, when I've listened to him speak and uh, you know and, and the things I've read. So fingers crossed, he can you know he can continue the good work. Yeah, and and he he, he did sound like he, he did that when he's at the the RFL England Academy, the head coach role there. He, he mentored sort of the younger players to be sort of better players and better individuals and sort of ended up producing class talent. And, and that's the kind of thing that I'm sure Ian, um, Ian Blaze and, and Paul King sort of looked at that and thought, you know, we, we have a we have a process here, uh, Paul, that, that, that works and we, we don't want to tear this process apart. We just need to find somebody to, to, to fit back in. And, and it seems like they've, they've got the right look. Yeah, you, for want of a better analogy, you need another driver now, don't you? Mm. To, to, drive, to drive the club forward. So... I think with him, you've, with Richard Marshall, you, you, you've got that, and I think we've we've sort of anal, analysed him there. And he's not like a one-trick pony for me, is he? He's, he's been an assistant at Warrington St. Helens. He's cut his teeth in a championship. and done a really good job. He's worked, you know, at, at youth level as well. So he's, you know, he's he's got a lot of tools in his armoury there. And as I keep saying, he's he's served a good apprenticeship and a very knowledgeable one. And that's what you want somebody who's who's got that knowledge there and is and is hungry for success and I think you both nailed it when you said about Ian Watson getting the best out of his players and I think he did I think he did that tremendously well but I think Richard Marshall you know when I've seen him coaching Halifax he, he made them into a really good side there I mean they had a guy called Scott Morell who I think he was at OKR played some wonderful rugby league at Halifax and he was clocking on a bit as well but the way he led them round the, the pitch and some of the other players he had there they really impressed me a couple of years ago when we played them so if he can do that at Salford and, and, and carry on the work that, that Watson's done I don't know who he's going to work with at Salford will, will Paul Rowley stay there we'll have to wait and see because I know I think Paul Rowley played uh, with Richard Marshall at 
Halifax, I think. So he might know him anyway. So um, so that'll be interesting to see or if he brings any of his, his staff in with him. But but no, it's a, it's a very positive appointment and um, I'm really pleased with it, as I keep saying. Yeah, Paul Rowley is staying on um, as the same role he does under the under Watto, and there was a sort of a, a conversation that they know each other and they've, they've kind of worked together and they know what each other's about. Didn't kind of so go any further into that, uh, but yeah, like I said, that the process is is going to be the same. You've just got somebody who's who's motivated and, and thinks he can sort of carry sort of lift this club again and and keep us going in 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 that right direction. Talking about going the right direction, Parker, expectations for next year. I know it's early. I know he's only been in the job sort of four days or whatever. Um, but what, what as as a fan, what what do we think? What 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 would be sort of a realistic expectation uh, for, for next season? Um, there's a lot of water to pass, isn't there? Yet between now and March, when the, when the season kicks off, but and, and and we don't know, you know, the rumours left, right, and centre, like Paul said, we're not, you know, we're not going into that, but players who will come and go and how you replace them because we're starting a little bit later now in terms of a lot of players who will have signed will have signed knowing that Watson was the coach now he isn't um, does that change things I don't know but um, I think as a fan looking at looking at our squad and like Paul said again before the way we finished the season um, uh, and basically we were on our knees anyway we were just getting pure effort out of every single player I think mid, mid-table's got to be Minimum, we, we've got to be looking for. We've got to be in and around this. I think I don't know how the playoffs is working. Is it going to be the top six next year? I don't know if we've decided yet. I don't know if the twelve team is yet, do we? But um, I think that that's got to be. Wait, I, I I don't feel it, if we can get off to a good start and, and we can have that bond, that and there aren't too many changes in the squad that we, we can improve on this year, which wasn't wasn't awful. Um, I, yeah, I think I think mid mid table anywhere sort of between. Fifth and ninth, fifth and eighth, fifth and ninth, possibly would would be a good finish for us. Uh, be nice to have another cup run this time. Hopefully, with some fans in, you know, another trip to Wembley would be fantastic. But that's that's all luck of the draw and everything else. But I, I, I'm I'm quietly optimistic. Uh, certainly, I think our three quarters, um, if if again if rumours are, are true, could could be one one of the best sort of backlines in in. In Super League, um, we need a bit of work doing in the past. We lost a few players, Flash, Dudson, Lusick, you know, people like that. They'll take some huge, huge replacing. Um, but I'm sure there's things in the pipeline there. Uh, and, and obviously, Richard will have his own idea of who he wants and what kind of player he wants to bring in. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not too down. I, I was when when I heard the news about Watson leaving, I was. I felt really negative. I thought that could pull a plug on everything we'd built over the last few years. Um, but I think now we have got the right... Well, I think the right man. I mean, time will tell, you know, he, he, it might turn out to be a nightmare. We just don't know. But um, it, it just feels like the club's a little bit more stable, really. I know it sounds strange after your coach has just walked out on you, but um, I, I think we, we, we've got something to build on. The last two or three years, a lot of them players will still be there that have been part of this process. And pass on this, this, you know, this ethic and this, this feeling that it's not little old Salford. It's not, you know, we we can challenge. We've been to a grand final. We've been to a cup final. We know what it's all about, and I think we can build on that. So yeah, I don't see why we wouldn't finish, you know, mid table and, and and maybe scrape into the playoffs. What do you think, uh, Paul? Is is are you are you thinking a top sort of 
sort of five, sort of six finish. Because obviously, you know, we've 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 had a lot of success in the last couple of years. Um, we need to keep that going, don't we? To to sort of show the people outside our bubble that we're a team sort of moving forward. I think, yeah, for me, I just want the team to be competitive. If you can be competitive and, and compete in every game, you know, years ago when we first came into the Super League, we had a couple of good seasons, and then I can remember about five or six years where a lot of games were written off before you even went to them. <laughs> you go to the ground and think you've got to be, keep the score down below like thirty or forty, we'd do all right. And, but that that last couple of seasons, that seemed to have gone. Now we go to every game and you get there and you think, blimey, have you ever got a chance of winning here? So if we can carry on doing that, I think that's a big positive for me. Um, regarding where we finish, I don't know. I can see us finishing the top six again. Like Parker said, I'm not too sure what the um, the playoffs is going to be next season. But I definitely think we can finish in the top six. I think we're better than you know four or five teams in that league, and I think we can we, we can prove that next season. Um, a lot of it depends on recruitment and depends who we bring in. Um, but if we've still got that hunger that we had last season and the season before, you know that ambition to work for each other. I mean, that can take you an awful long way, that. We, we saw that in 2019, didn't we? We didn't have a sort of a great team, but we did some great things, really, didn't we, with those players? And I think if Richard Marshall can get that, that best out of the players like, like Ian Watson did and that coaching set up, why not? So, um, so yeah, I'll be, I'll be cautious. I'm not going to start saying we're going to win the, the Grand Final and win the Challenge Cup. That's all, as Parky says, depends on the look of the draw, doesn't it? But, I'd like to think we'd be competitive and solid and we're not going to be anybody's sort of whipping boys. Yeah, because I think that's that's the important thing, Park. It's about sort of being competitive and, and, and that's what we, we want to be and that's where we want to be as a club moving forward. You know, competing with teams in the playoffs um, and, and sort of showing the people of Solford and, and the people in, in the world of rugby league uh, that we're, we are the, the, the next big thing. Yeah, we. I mean, we've seen we've seen it before. We've had you know one good season or a couple of good years or whatever. I mean, nothing like we've had over the last two years. I mean, reaching two finals is again still still makes me think that it actually happened now. Um, but it is. It's, it's about changing attitudes and, and mindsets, and that that is not just in in the world of you know, but with all the public or solver, but within players' minds as well. Players who might get linked with us and think. Actually, you know, this that's not a club where you know people go to retire or, or you know, the ones that haven't quite been good enough. This is a club that can that can get me to a final, get me noticed on the international scene as you know, we have done over the last few years with players who who, you know, sadly a few, a few of them moved on, but you know, they've got picked for England or whatever. Um I, I think that's a bit a big thing and we, we can't afford now to take a step back. We've got to be strong as a club to keep hold of our you know, our best players. If we can do that and then just add one or two each season rather than losing, you know, seven, eight players every year and most of them being our best players, we, we you know, this is our chance now, I think. And, and financially, yes, it's tough for us. We are probably, I don't know if we're on the smallest budget or one of the smallest budgets in the league. And it, it's always going to be tough until, or, you know, if we can find another benefactor that's willing to, you know, prop us up. But we, we've got this feel-good factor and I think that that goes a long way. And I, I don't know. I think I think people have changed a little bit to us. It, it, you know, I think this year going into the season, I don't think people were tipping us to finish bottom, which is, you know, that's usually the thing that starts every year, isn't it? Oh, Salford will be bottom with whoever else. Um, I think people actually thought after last year we, you know, we'd built something. Yeah, we'd lost Jackson Hastings last year and Josh Jones, people like that. But we brought decent players in to cover that, and and we we were going to be competitive, and, and and we were. We got off to a bad start, but that that was going to happen. 
And as the season went on, you know, we built, and we became a better solid unit. Uh, we lost players along the way we could ill afford to lose. Um, so, I, yeah, I think I think now is the time for us to build. And I think we will change people's mindsets about who Salford are and what we actually stand for. Um, so we, we can't afford now to, to slip back into that bottom two, bottom three, you know, whatever, next season. Um, we need to we need to build and, and press on. I'm sure the, the players want to do that. The likes of, you know, Lee Mossop, who's been a, a wonderful skipper. I know losing Flanagan, you know, he was another one who drilled it home with players what it means and, you know, what we want to achieve. Um, but there are leaders in that team. Kevin Brown is another one who can who can now pass that on to the new players and say, this is where we're going, this is what we're looking to do. And, uh, yeah, I, I think, I do think that if we can get into it, even if we do finish lower mid-table next year, it is an element of success for us and it is building. As long as we're away from that relegation fight, you know, and then, then bottom playoff games or whatever, that, that's that's... That's good for us at the moment on on the kind of budget we work with. Yeah, we had um, I had a th- had a thing on Twitter. <laughs> you know, every week, Paul, me and you talk about Salford being an opportunity club. Um, a lot of our do. listeners, like yourself, um, got a bit ticked off by the the amount of time I mentioned it. Um, Parker, obviously, me and Paul have had this conversation before hmm. for you before Parker. I've not had this conversation with yourself, but let's 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 do it now. Okay. What, 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 how, do, you, do you see Salford as an opportunity club, or, or do you see Salford as a as a club that's kind of a, a playoff contender now? Um, that's a good. I mean, if you if you'd have asked Jackson Hastings two years ago, or whatever, was Salford an opportunity for him? Hmm. He'd have said yes. Now, when he left us, he probably didn't think the same even though the opportunity was there then to move on to Wigan and, and whatever else. So from a player's point of view, it, there is yeah, there is a lot of opportunity at Salford, but it's up to us as a club to make them players come to us and think perhaps it's just an opportunity. You know, we don't want to be a stepping stone for anyone. You know, but once they're in the club, then we've, we've got them. We, we trap them, if you like. You know what I mean? We make them feel good. We make them feel part of something. And we build a successful team that can compete for playoffs every year. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of both. I think you've got to make sure that players think, do you know what, I can I can make something of myself there. Players who have been at other clubs, uh, you know, Tui Lola Heia is, a, is an example of that, who, who went to Leeds, he was unloved, unwanted, came to us, you know, he got he got an arm around him. He, you know, he's built on that. And he's, you know, he's been relatively successful in that, in that period. And, he took that opportunity, you know, again, that opportunity club kind of thing, but then built and became part of something much bigger. I think I think they go hand in hand in many ways. Um, I don't think if you're a young lad coming through or, you know, even an experienced player, and you, you see Saints are coming after you, and you look at their, their lineup, and you're going, am I fitting in that? Am I going to get my chance each week to prove how good I am? You know, like, like Luke Yates coming from London last year, who I think, was player of the year for me. I thought he was magnificent all season. Um, if he'd have gone elsewhere, would he have got all the game time he got with us? You know, that was his opportunity. But now he's part of this and he's he's one of the mainstays, hopefully, of, of our future. You know, we've got to keep keep hold of these guys. So, yeah, but I think it's a tough one. I think we are an opportunity club at the moment because we're not the elite. We're not St. Helens. We're not, you know, a Wigan. We don't have the money of Leeds and teams like that to, to throw about on players. So we, we have to give 
people a chance and make you know again that word opportunity. But I think we I think we're building more than that. And I think if you can just keep both avenues open, make players think this is my chance, and then get in this team and think right, we're you know we're a decent, we're a playoff club. You know, I think they go hand in hand, and I think that's what's going to build us as a club going forward. Yeah, I I think we're a team in transition, me from an opportunity club to a club that's so what I call them a playoff club because I I think you can sort of pigeonhole certain clubs into certain boxes. You're the likes of Wigan, uh, Saints, and Leeds. There sort of the, the elite, they're, they're going to compete to win Super Leagues and win sort of uh, Challenge Cups every week. And then you've got the likes of Warrington and Castleford and, and Catalan who are playoff football. They, they are in the playoffs more than they're not for, for me. And when teams, when sorry, when players look at signing for teams, they'll they'll look at them and think, well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a good player. I've, I've got a bit of it here. I've got a good team round there. I'll I'll probably get in the playoffs and 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 I might have half a chance of winning something. Then you've got the te- likes of us and Huddersfield, who are opportunity clubs, who are trying to break into that sort of playoff um, sort of area and, and are getting closer to it, but not quite there yet. But we are going the right direction. And then you've got the likes of Orkington Rovers and sort of Wakefield, who are sort of one step behind us, in my opinion, who are looking to find that something, that spark to take them from sort of the bottom tier to the opportunity tier. It, it, would, that, would that be a fair assessment uh, there, Paul? You missed out Hull there, actually. Where Hull. They fit. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, though, I, I wrote them down. I couldn't figure one. Well, Hull would be a playoff team for me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one because you say that and, yeah, I do get it sometimes, but you mentioned Castleford and Warrington there. I mean, I'd say they're probably more opportunity clubs than Salford. I mean, Castleford had never won the championship. We've won it twice, you know, since Warrington had won it. So those sides, all right, they might have had a bit of success in the Challenge Cup every now and again, but they've not really been challenging for trophies, have they, at the top end of the table? So it's a difficult one. I mean, you've got to look at Hull. Very good side in the in the sort of eighties, late seventies, early eighties. Not really done much since. He won a couple of Challenge Cups, and probably spent a, a vast amount of money as of Warrington, as of Castleford, an awful lot more money than what we probably spent. So, I think for for what we do for you know for the size of our club and our, our budget, and that, I think we've done tremendously well. Um, and to say an opportunity, yeah, you could say that. But we played in the grand final last season, played yeah. the Challenge Cup this season. The way I'd be selling that to players is, you know, we get to finals. We've not won them, but we've got to two finals there. And I mean, if you're a rugby league player and you're an ambitious rugby league player, you want to play in finals. You don't want to go to a team and take your wage and just see your career out. You want to be challenging for trophies because at the end of the day, when you sit down with your grandkids in 20 years, 30 years time, you'll want to show them some medals and some trophies and some memories. So I think getting to finals and that is the biggest attraction for players. I think so. Anyway, you know, you, you're trying to sell your club to a place. Well, we've, we've got to these finals. We want to win stuff now. We, we're really ambitious. We want to win things. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't like pigeonholing teams because things can change. You know, around next season, the other sides could be near the bottom. We're near the top this season. Things can change very, very fast, can't it? In rugby league, you only look at the Ian Watson situation. Challenge Cup final coach. Twenty three days later, he's not at the club. It can change in the blink of an eye. Rugby league. So. Yeah, I'm not. I do get where you're coming from with that, uh, and I know it caused a bit of a stir on Twitter. <laughs> and I'm not the biggest person for pigeonholing teams, but no, I think if I was Ian Blees now selling it to Richard Marshall and selling it to players, that or I was Richard Marshall in a recruitment meeting with a player, that's what I'd be saying to him. You know, this club wants to go forward. We've been to two finals here. 
come with us and let's go and win these finals. That's that's what I'd be saying. Yeah, there's, there's peaks and troughs in, in that as well, uh, Paul. But I think it's about being consistent. Yeah, we, we got to a, a grand final. Jackson Hastings left. Everyone thought, here we go, we're going to go down. The year after we get to a Challenge Cup final, Ian Watson leaves. It, the players have that self-belief that after Jackson Hastings left, they, they could do it again. And there's no reason that they, they can't do it again now uh, with uh, with Richard Marshall in charge. And, and we can do you know another playoff run or we can do another sort of Challenge Cup appearance. And if we can do that for the next sort of two and three years, then people's sort of view of, of our club in the outside world will be different, uh, Parker, and and that is what it's all about. It's like building that 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 image and, and you know that culture outside the club that that Salford aren't they're not rubbing rags anymore, and, and they're they're a, they're a good outfit, and and they've got you know players' interests at, at, at heart, and, and they're a good club, and the fans are great as well, and you'll enjoy playing for them. Yeah, you know, I mean, it, the Watson things are, are, are this is a big test for us now. Mm. Um, in terms of players, because players, like I said before, the players that have signed for next season and some of the names that we we believe have signed or may have signed or whatever are, are quite big names. I mean, going back to you know Callum Watkins joining us, massive signing, really. I mean, yeah, I, I'm still surprised. He's you know he's with obviously Dan Sargent and people like that. Did they sign for Ian Watson and what he'd done in his reputation, and these new players doing the same? And now it's all of a sudden, right, well, let's wait and see what Salford do now. You know, when Jacko left, people still know, knew that, that Ian Watson was the coach. He was the one that performed this, this miracle and brought these so-called misfits together. You know, can Richard, is Richard Marshall that man? You know, we, we think he is. We think he's got the background for it, obviously. But um, in a player's mind, is, you know, is that going to be a bit, a bit tricky for us now? Um, is it going to take 12 months now? Again, are we going to start from, you know, we're going to take a step back from these finals and these playoff places we, you know, we've made and so on. Um, I think this year could be a year of stability. And if we can finish mid-table or push for the playoffs, then I think people will go, actually, you know what, Salford is a club that's, that is going places, that are building and, and are going to be around that, that area for a long time. If this season doesn't quite work, uh, I think people will say, well, that's your flashing the pan. Ian Watson was the key. Jackson Hastings had a big part one year. You know, that that kind of... That falling apart of a of, of certain parts of the, the puzzle. And it might take us 10 years to get it back again. So this year is a massive year for us. And um, if, if we can keep the field good practice, and like I say, have a, have a little run in the cup, but maybe get the performances on the pitch week in, week out. I think then three years on the bounce, people are going to go, you know what? It's not about just the coach. It's the culture of that club that's it's changed. Because let's let's not be honest. Our reputation in rugby league over the years has been in tatty. We had a great leader in, in John Wilkinson, but we had we had no real success. You know, a man who who was committed to the club, but unfortunately financially not nowhere near you know enough to keep us afloat. I think. And then you get Mao and Kukash who comes in and. Everything, you know, the circus that went with that. Oh, he's got all the money in the world, but sadly, just absolutely no idea about what rugby league was about and what, you know, who or what he was bringing in. And then now we've gone to this, you know, Ian Bleeds and Paul King who's doing, I mean, absolutely wonderful job along with Ian Watson. You know, we, we've got a bit of stability about the club, and let's let's just keep it going for another twelve months, and I think that will change a lot of attitudes again. 
Yeah, because Richard Marshall, he, he sort of talks about our culture at the club and, and not having wholesale changes. He knows that that's what works at the club. Why would he want to come in and, and change something that works, uh, Paul? And, you know, he, he's, he's making all the right noises for me. Um, obviously, we, we, it's only, you know, he's only been here a couple of days and, and I suppose the players will have to meet him and he'll have to sort of build that sort of bond with them. Um, but, you know, I'm only seeing positive things, um, you know, moving forward to 2021. Well, yeah, I think we always say it, don't we, about like the confidence of the team and things like that. I think if you can keep the team happy and and you're ambitious and you're all hungry for success, you know, obviously skill and, and, and good players play a big part in that. But I'm a great believer in if you've got an happy bunch of blokes, it's like being at work. I mean, I'm I'm going through a tough time at work at the moment, as we all are in, in my industry and where I work um threatening us with all sorts and could be going on strikes and this, that and other. So the morale of the of the, the guys I work with, the people I work with, is, is rock bottom at the moment. And you're trying to ask people to do overtime for you and work on and do this, that and the other. Very difficult to get commitment out of people because they're not happy in the work. And rugby league's similar to that. You know, if guys aren't happy and, you know, things aren't right, you're not going to get that commitment. You're not going to put it in on the pitch. So you've got to make sure everybody's happy. Everybody's singing off the same hymn sheet. Your morale's good. You're all buzzing in training and this, and that's what we've had for the last couple of years. So I don't see why Richard Marshall can't carry that on. You've still got Paul Rowe there. You've got a good setup there. And I, I'm confident they can. You know, you've got a good, a good bunch of players. Like Paul just mentioned it there, the likes of Dan Sargis and Callum Watkins. These blokes haven't come to Salford to doss about and and just take a steal a living and, and steal a wage. They're ambitious guys. They want to win things. They want to win trophies. You know, Dan Sanchez won trophies at Wigan. Come to Salford. And there's a name that I'm dying to mention who I think we've signed, but I can't, I can't know because it's not been confirmed. But he's at Wigan. There's me clue. And if, if he comes to Salford, that guy. That's an Einstein. No, 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 he's a Wigan. <laughs> if, he, if he comes to Salford, the lad, we all know what I'm talking about. Yeah. If he comes, I mean, He's another really ambitious guy. I watched him in the grand final. He's tremendous. So there's some really top players there. I mean, lots of Ken Seo, who we've hardly seen this season because he's injured. They're real class players. And Parky mentioned Luke Yates before. He's he's a guy who's going to go all the way. I, I voted for him as player of the year for the supporters. I thought he was tremendous. I know I think Chris Ninu got the, the, the vote in the end, who was, was equally good. But I thought Luke Yates over the course of the season was, was outstanding every week. Eight or nine out of ten every week, and you know he'll want to win things at Salford, and let's just keep all of these guys, keep them happy, like I said, and and you can you can do real good things next season. It's all about morale and keeping players buzzing. Yeah, I don't want to break your heart, Paul, but George Formby's dead, and he's not coming. And he's not coming. <laughs> oh dear, no, no, he's not a winger, George Formby. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's been a great chat. Great chat about. Um, Richard Marshall. I think, you know, obviously we're going to have to sort of sit on it now and then see what, what, what develops. Um, but there's also lots of other things happening in the world uh, of Salford Red Devils. And you'll find out all about that uh, in the next show, in the next couple of days. So big thanks to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast, the first part of uh, this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. See you in a couple of days. <laughs>